Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Jams and Tea Podcast, where we spin the jams and spill the tea. And today, we're coming at you with two brand new reviews for two brand new records. We're going to be talking today about the newest album from Electronic Outfit, the Go Team. And we're also going to be talking about the newest art pop extravaganza from young fathers heavy heavy well you know when we do these main review episodes you i mean usually what we review is dictated by what the most interesting things that came out in the week before were but i always like when i can find just somehow find a unifying theme between two different records that means the episode has a theme and if anything Mm -hmm. if there's a theme to this episode it's that these are kind of genreless albums are from mm-hmm. genreless bands who's kind of their whole thing is very much bucking the convention of any standard genre or approach to music and they're also bands that represent you know the meeting point of diverse cultures as well within their membership um so mm. it's these are two records that uh, are getting varying degrees of attention particularly the young fathers one because they've been on the scene for a while and you know their mercury prize I don't know if they're just nominated or if they won for their first album, but they've they've been around for a bit and we'll get to them. But I want to talk about the album that maybe you might be slightly less likely to have heard about this week, even though uh, they're still a band that have a really passionate fan base and are still making really, really strong records, as we'll say. Uh, But the Go Team are an interesting project. They're a band that I've been a fan of for about a year now, introduced to them by our mutual friend of the podcast, Connor who viewers may re- remember did a, we did an episode with him or I did an episode with him on the postal service recently, but Connor is always recommending me bands. Connor is always getting me into stuff that I would not be aware of if it weren't for him, because it's often stuff that doesn't necessarily get algorithmed very heavily on websites like rate your music mm-hmm. or just that their fan bases don't tend to intersect with, you know, the Twitter circles that we run in as well. So I was delighted to be introduced to the go team last year by Connor and with their most well-known and beloved record, their debut album, Thunder Lightning Strike from 2004. And I love that record. I thought it was a really creative, very kaleidoscopic and colorful uh, Indie-tronica extravaganza where you just had all these fusions of influences from across the globe into this very sunshiny, beautiful, eclectic sounding record. And I found it to be really unique and special. And But I assumed that this band... Based on the fact, based purely on the fact that it was the it had significantly more ratings and seemed to be the album that also if you look on Spotify as well that album has significantly more streams than any of the other records. I assumed that this was a one trick pony band essentially, and that their subsequent records were not going to be worth checking out. But boy was I wrong personally because I when I found out this that they were releasing a new album I was like you know what I should give them a listen I should listen to some more of their records at some point and I listened to the single that they put out for this album, which is the song Dive Bomb. And that song just completely floored me. And I was like, this is fantastic. And also like such a step forward into obviously more of a full band sound than what I was expecting from the, you know, Avalanches-esque Plunder Phonics of their debut. So I was like, obviously this is a band that's had a fair bit of evolution. So in the past week, I spent time listening to every single one of their albums. They have quite a few of them. I think they have... I think this is their, uh, I want to say, seventh album. So I listened to every record that they put out this week. And it was just one of those things where I fell in love as I was making my way through these records. Every single one of them just so charming, so full of life, so completely resistant to any kind of pessimism about the world, while at the same time not feeling hollow or shallow either. 
I want to throw out a particular um, shout out to their 2018 album, Semicircle, incredibly underrated record where the whole thing is just like, it sounds like a bunch of band kids who are in their <laughs> school music room making as much music, as much noise as possible. And it's got that real sort of, you know, Los Campesinos by way of sleigh bells, by way of like all these you know, effervescent 2000s indie bands that feel like they were completely lost in the wave of more polished and refined some always in there for good measure well well, yeah and their best song which is on the album rolling blackouts called buy nothing day is i swear to god it is an always song uh the thing whoever's singing on that one even sounds exactly like molly rankin but yeah it was like it was a breath of fresh air to discover that this band was still around, still making music that was still really entertaining and really full of spirit and not at all cashing in on or repeating themselves really in any ways, because I assumed that music like this, which is so two thousands to me, you know, when you think of 2010s indie, it's all very polished. It's all very tasteful. It's all very refined. It's all very, you know, not full of blemishes and it's all very different to this. It was 2010s indie and the sound of 2010s indie is such a reaction to the crazy color and and not so energy of 2000 indie so but the go team have been keeping that energy up consistently and i was really i really wanted to talk about this new album especially because it became clear as i was reading reviews as i was listening to these records as well that this was a particularly strong album that people were responding really really positively to i think that they're more recent records having listened to them now i think they're pretty underrated to be honest but still a lot of people were saying you know this is the best go team album in like a decade or however long and then people were very ecstatic about this so i was like okay let's put it in the slot let's go through the discography and let's see where it lands and i have to say just off the bat that um i i'm obviously i am going hard in the paint for this band they're just very me i feel like anyone who knows me would not be surprised at all that i'm really really into this band but it feels like this is a real step forward for them and a real realization of something they've been going for with a lot of their albums, which is kind of incorporating people from various different cultures and, and you know, various different diasporas into this singular space, essentially, where you get to have moment from moment to moment, a different expression of a different musical tradition or a different cultural take on the go team sound, essentially. And this is backed up very very strongly by the press release to this album as well which emphasizes just how diverse this is so i should mention as well for the starters like the go team were initially formed in the early 2000s as a solo project by uh the the incredibly talented ian parton but as the band became more successful he started recruiting more people into the band so it's he is the front man and he kind of um, he creates basically all of the music, but all of the contributors and all the vocalists and all the other people that you hear and a lot of people playing instruments and a lot of people singing and rapping and all that sort of stuff are people that he invites from as varied uh, groups of backgrounds as possible. And he describes this new album as a global fruit salad, uh, which I love because basically every single song has a different vocalist on it, a different feature on it. None of the most of, if not all of these people, are not in the Go team. They're just people that Ian has brought along to basically bring their own personality and bring their own verve to the music that he's made and to also help, you know, decide and drive the creative direction of that music as well. 
Um, so you have collaborators, including the West African girl group Star Feminine Band. You have the Indian Bollywood singer Neha Hatwar. You have the J-pop singer Kokubo Chisato from the indie band Lucy 2. You have the 19-year-old Detroit Bandcamp rapper Indigo Yaj. You have Hilary Bratset, who you may know if you're a super big Elephant 6 nerd from the band Apples and Stereo. You have Brooklyn rapper Nitty Scott. Basically, I mean, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know these people, but I've come to know these people and I've come to know how they express themselves through this record. And that's the prevailing aspect of this album that really, really captivates me is just how disparate and full of different energy it is. From song to song, you have these different performers who are each so idiosyncratic and so full of verve in their own way. And it's an album that never really loses the energy that you get from the front, from the get-go with the first two songs, which are two of the loudest and two of the most kind of breaking the door down tracks. The album really maintains that energy in a really nice way and goes through some goes to some interesting places and reminds me of certain other indie bands that I'll get to as we talk about these songs. But um, yeah, it's just... there. I'm struck listening to the Go team throughout this week and then particularly focusing in on this album. I'm really struck by how unique this band is. Like what a, what a sort of refreshing experience it is to listen to them because you aren't, you know, you're not really listening to any kind of conventional band in the sense that you'll experience most of the time. You're listening to a collective of people who are kind of dipping in and out and doing, you know, crazy things across these you know effervescent and colorful and bright and often kind of cute instrumentals it's just such a a special thing and i don't necessarily mind that the go team have done a lot of records that are like this now because they're so good at it and here i think is is along with semicircle uh, is the best that this version of the go team this kind of post 2010s version of the go team where all of the collaborators are just brought in from you know disparate places and get get everyone gets to have their moment in the spotlight i think it's it's so well refined here and it, there are also just a lot of really great and well-written songs that have really resonated with me and have stuck in my memory as being particularly memorable particularly special particularly well performed and particularly hooky despite the fact that my brain is full of you know like 70 different go team songs at the moment these ones still stand out to me um, Jake, I know you, you've, you've kind of come at this, you know, as is often the case when we review sometimes as it's your, you're kind of at my whim. I'm like, this is going to be worth talking about. And you're like, okay. And, and cool, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. And so I've kind of thrust this onto you um, knowing as well. And I did this with some degree of reticence because I, I don't know whether you're going to like something that I like, because sometimes the things I like are a bit me and a bit much and sometimes they can kind of clash with some of your aesthetic sensibilities and sometimes they don't and sometimes you i was gonna say it's, it's funny because i think of the two people on the podcast we probably have the most similar music tastes to one yeah. another yeah we do but we both and you in particular have these particular like cilantro gene things yeah where something yeah. will just either work for you or it just won't quite get there so i'm really curious to hear what your experience was what you were expecting from the go team based on how i kind of set this up and then what your what your overall sort of thoughts are now that you've had a bit of time to process this i won't lie i mean i go into everything with an open mind regardless of whether or not i have an experience with them but this band definitely had the makings of what i could have seen as being a cilantro gene band because i was just sort of like 
I, I, this is just so distinctly not what I typically orbit that I just don't even really know what to anticipate from it. And I did actually listen to Thunder Lightning Strike beforehand because I did want a precedent just going into this, just because this is obviously such an eclectic band. Like you take a look at this album and the genre tags for it are indie pop, neo-psychedelia, alternative dance, psychedelic pop, sunshine pop, hip hop, indie-tronica. And it's just like, Half of those don't mean anything, and the other half of them are like, what? So naturally, I'm just like, all right, I need to establish a bit of a precedent. They have one album before this. Uh, I probably should have listened to the part one to this album's part two, but I figured Thunder Lightning Strike was probably the more quintessential release, and I enjoyed that album a lot, honestly. Uh, it had been on my radar ever since you mentioned listening to it uh, at the behest of Connor uh, a while back, and I'd been meaning to get to it anyway. And I listened to it, and I really enjoyed it. Like you said, it was kind of an Avalanches-esque sort of plunderphonics, electronic indie rock thing that felt like it really catered to the things that I gravitate towards to that music, but it also had a lot of things that made it really unique. So... Now that I had at least some idea of what to expect, I was like, okay, I think I get the bit with this band a little bit. And I think it was nice that this album, to me, struck a bit of a balance of doing some things that they didn't do on their debut, which, again, I don't really, I can't really chart the course of how they've progressed as a band as well as you can, obviously, because I've only heard their first and more, most recent. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me like they have departed slightly from that more avalanche's core influence either that or they just got a lot better at what they did and sort of make it feel a little bit more seamless not to say that it's like a, a huge difference in quality as a matter of fact i think this and thunder lightning strike are pretty much as good as each other in fact i think i might even narrowly prefer this one um it's not because of any like huge delineation in quality or anything it's just that the hooks on here stay with me a little bit more. I like the color, the performances, the the general energy of this a little bit more. It has moments like, again, the, the first two songs on here, uh, Look Away, Look Away, and Dive Bomb are just fucking spectacular. And actually, uh, getting to know the third song as well, I also really love. And... The album never really drops off, honestly. I think it does a great job at sequencing some of its best moments. I really love the hooks on songs like But We Keep On Trying and Sock It To Me. And I think some of the best moments are actually at the end. I think the closer baby's terrific. And I love the combination of sounds on the song Train Song. Like, this is just, like, out of fucking nowhere, like, slide guitar. I did not anticipate this, and I also never would have anticipated this working. And mm. yet, it might even be my favorite song on this album album and i i don't know i really like how focused on it's like it definitely does feel like it departs from you know what people typically look for in this kind of music and how i say this very very lovingly as someone who has enjoyed these albums how tasteless it is it's the these albums are so like we talk about bands like always as being very sugary pop bands like this is tooth rotting shit like this is colorful saturated give you multiple cavities kind of shit and i won't lie that does lead to occasionally moments where they turn up 
the the sugary saturation a little too much for my liking like on songs like the me frequency or going nowhere where i almost just feel like they are i feel like maybe if i was 10 years younger and maybe uh not properly medicated i would really get more out of these songs because they're not like a drop off in quality like i don't find anything about their construction to be lesser than anything else here it's just that they are so ah with how like loud and big they are and it just feels like they can kind of have some of their more eclectic ideas that sort of clash together a bit more like more unfriendly than the other ones do on the record but overall i just i really got a lot out of this i really enjoyed listening to it and i really get the impression that I, I do want to explore more, more of this band's albums because I feel like they've got a record in them that I will truly like fall in love with. And I get the impression from listening to their first album and their last album that and when it comes to album construction, the art of the record and marrying that with doing what these guys do, they've got this down to a fucking science and not to the point where it feels calculated or like mathematical or where it feels like they're just kind of going through the motions. No, they know how to do what they're doing and they know how to iterate upon themselves and make it feel like you're getting something different out of this new experience. So as a bit more of a, a go team pleb, uh, I still firmly come down on the positive side of this. Yeah, I think in bringing the the the, the go team have a shtick and they do it fairly regularly. They evolve that shtick like there, there's no other go team record that really sounds like this one. Not even it's the shtick. Not even the part one, which I think you don't have to hear to appreciate this record. They're very separate albums. And part one to me is like it's like 15 minutes shorter as well. So it's kind of like it's not quite as fully formed as mm -hmm. this is. Um, and this again with the addition of a lot of the new con contributors on this record, it just feels like such a so much of a standalone statement that works so well on its own. But yeah, the Go Team have their shtick and they have continued evolving it. I mean, the first three records are kind of a bit more like you know the bedroom indie tronica stuff that doesn't really feel like a full band that feels a little bit like you know music that's made very cheaply but with a lot of passion a lot of energy and then with mm -hmm. the scene between their fourth album that's when they kind of started having a bit of a, a, a larger than life sound and then they really honed that with semicircle and and now we're here uh with this album that is yeah i think i i mean i could nitpick it i could nitpick it by saying you know cut a couple of songs and make it really really tight but i love again part of this record's appeal to me is how just completely eclectic it is the sprawl of it i mm -hmm. mean the you go from one track that's just sugary sweet you know deliciously twee vocals like i'm very fond of the very sort of like it's sort of like shoegazy stereo lab-esque sort of uh i don't actually know how yeah. to describe it but the song stay and ask me in a different way is just there's such a sweetness to the way that song is sung and it has this real kind of distorted lo-fi aesthetic that reminds me a little bit of like stereo lab or broadcast and i love that yeah um I also just love, and this is something that Go Team do regularly fairly well, but have kind of gotten better at, and their collaborators have gotten better at as the albums go on. But the rap features here are just like, yeah. they're, you know, they are just so, you listen to the people who rap on this album, you listen to in particular, um, I want to shout out uh, Indigo Yaj, who's the rapper on Dive Bomb. I think that is, you know, yeah. that's the best song in the album, I think. And it is, it's a really compelling song lyrically as well. Like it's a, it's a protest song. Essentially it's a protest song. It's a pro-choice protest song aimed at the American government. And it's, 
I I just get the little the vocal cadences and the deliveries stuck in my head so easily. Like Mr. President, Senate, Madam Secretary, introduces himself, but you already know me. Keeping on organizing, mobilizing, see I'm taking my thing, and then I multiply it. It's just bars. So, it's so like there's a real. It's kind of unfashionable as well. Like it's nothing. Yeah. It's not the kind of rapping, it's not the kind of flows and cadences that you would expect in modern hip hop because it's it would be seen as kitsch or it would be seen as kind of like, you know, regressive. But it, it makes is... me think of Nujibis on a little bit. <laughs> like it, it, there is kind of a similarity in how they construct songs, but like all of the rap features on Nujibis songs, if you compare them to like, you know, a tribe called Quest, there's not exactly the lyrical depth and uh, flow skill, but at the same time, they just kind of work in how colorful and singular they are. And like, they're not traditionally cool sounding, but they they still get the job done in their own way. Well, they're not serious, is the thing. No, that's, not that is, at all. That's actually one of the joys of, you mentioned Tribal Quest. I think that's one of the same joys of the early stuff as well, is it's not actually mm-hmm. like all that complicated or... Um, you know, necessarily even innovative from a, a technical standpoint. It's kind of a bit goofy. It's kind of a bit sort of tongue in cheek. There's a kind of a bit of uh, even irreverent, maybe even immature humor in it. But it's just so effervescently like not pretending to be anything that it is. It's nice to not have to take albums seriously sometimes. And I Absolutely. feel like this really capitalizes on that. I found it very refreshing because I listened to a lot of very like intense music this week. So getting mm. a, a bit of a brisk break from that, something that really commits. Cause like when you listen to something a little bit lighter on the ears, you might be like, oh, I just want to listen to a pop record I don't have to think about. But this has the appeal of the pop record you don't have to think about, mm-hmm. but also it's really thoughtful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, another definite standout to me where this is just so, it just completely irresistible is the song Whammyo with uh, Whammy-o, the, the yeah. fantastic feature from Nitty Scott, who's just like her flows on here are so like, I mean, she has a little bit of like a Nicki Minaj cadence uh, in yeah. her voice yeah. early on, but she, but she kind of leans away from that and she leans into this like really sort of, you know, it reminds me of the nineties a lot. It reminds me of kind of like street rap and it reminds me of, um, you know, of this time where there was like, where rapping was a thing that was done purely for the joy of it. You know, not that it isn't anymore, yeah. but just that there's so much, you know, we, we listen all, I, I was thinking about all the rap that we listen to, all the rap we review is so dour, is so concerned with mm-hmm. really just gloomy topics and industry bullshit and personal suffering and all that sort of stuff. And this is the thing, right? Is that a song like Dive Bomb is about personal suffering. It's about it is. resistance. It's about all those sorts of things, but it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel, it doesn't mm-hmm. drain you. And Whammy is just, whammy is just like, so it's the absolute apotheosis of that energy. They're just the, I've been like walking around the last couple of days saying to myself, I'm a real rich bitch, $3, six dimes, just like <laughs> randomly oh. out of nowhere. But yeah, and then you get a song like, but we keep on trying, which I agree is a standout as well. It is again, one of the more dour songs on the record uh, in terms of subject matter. It is about, you know, pushing for systemic change that basically allows you to fucking exist in the first place and not getting it and being you know completely just destroyed by the system that you're fighting against and just standing up again you know it's it's as it's as simple and as straightforward and as universal of a protest song theme as they'll ever be but the way that this is delivered the sh- you you believe in the optimism that this song carries with it 
you know the and the, the hooks the very beginning the yeah didn't get the votes this time didn't make the mayor resign it's so good it's so yeah. good yeah it's it doesn't you know it 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 adds a sort of certain level of like realistic humanness to these sorts of sorts of situations which are often made to be so dark and and songs to emphasize the reality of them but like you know when you're out there with your friends if you if you if you've ever protested in 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 public with other people it's not this thing where you're all kind of standing there you know you're feeling terrible and and you know it's this thing where you try and find jubilation through the process um because that's what you have to do in order to sustain that's why the best kendrick lamar song is all right motherfucker yeah and um i I agree what you said about train song as well i mean this is i've i've listened to every go team album they've never done a song like this before this is a country song it's like makes me love it more first time i heard i was like oh okay i get it they're kind of fusing their sort of indie tronica aesthetics with country but then i was like the second number is like no this is just a country song it has a few bits of psychedelic flavoring and parts of it but it is just a country song with a gorgeous slide guitar part and a great vocal performance as well i I completely Mm -hmm. agree it's a huge standout on the record and baby Man, this song just completely did, did you think of me at all it's just every time in the baby baby it's like so it makes me really emotional and mm-hmm. it's it ends the record in this like surprisingly sort of like sad but also sort of low stakes place where it's not about huge systemic things anymore it's just about a, hu- a single human connection and I love that. I, I think vocal performances are great. One of the other things I love about the last two songs is they both kind of end early and have this like little extra musical bit at the yeah. end that Ian's put in there. And in both cases, they, those additions work because they feel like like a you know the curtain's gone down and then the curtains come up again for the you know for the for everyone to take a bow essentially. And you just have this little epilogue to these songs, which I really really love. Um, and because baby is such a sort of slow, almost dour ending to the record to have that kind of little kicking sort of reversed loop thing come in at the end, it adds this little final shot of energy that makes it really easy to go back and hit play on look away, look away again, which I have embarrassed myself so much trying to sing along to the French, uh, rapping and this, the star (laughs) frequency, like the, it's so good that's like uh, that's like the most go team moment on this entire album when you have like this chorus of you know people singing this refrain in a foreign language at the risk of sounding ridiculous there's something kind of utopian about the go team as a proposition and the music they make the happiness and the joy that comes through in their records is so effortless every single time they set out to do it and they have not ever failed to achieve that joy and that radiant sense of fun it's a fun album it's really oh fun. god yeah and you know I, I just think it would be cool if music this fun could be taken as seriously as the you know as the young fathers is which is actually a fun yeah. album too but there's probably better examples as the you know 
as the you know big hot topic you know real shit well, ge- generally speaking i think what you're talking about is like that in the music discourse it's just easier to take or just generally what people latch on to is the stuff that talks about serious issues and like and, and that's not to say we are not exempt from this we talk i mean like uh, riley just mentioned talking about hip-hop that's super dour like i uh, most of the hip-hop we've talked about on here and given high scores to is probably really dour but that's why stuff like this as a counterpoint is so great and i think it's doubly effective because it's easy to sort of like I know that this isn't going to be a band for everyone, but at the same time, it's so easy to sell them because there's so many elements of aesthetics of stuff that I feel like, you know, modern indie pitchfork kids would actually gravitate to and love. I mean, hell, Baby sounds like hyper pop always. Like, how how do you not think that that is a, a stunningly awesome proposition the yeah. the only thing i have left to say is that uh but we keep on trying should be paired with like like in the next election the the night before i'll be listening to futures by jimmy world and then after that i'll be listening to but we keep on trying the next day <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> that is exactly how you and I are going to be spending that 48 hours. <laughs> Unquestionably. Um, yeah, it's uh. just it's just awesome. You know, I think just thinking back to other things we've reviewed, maybe the last thing that has this energy is maybe the last Aesop Rock album, which kind of, to me, has the same sort of yeah. and just the spirit of like loopiness and just sort of like sugar rush energy that I love and creativity through that. I, I just think, yeah, but so people who like that kind of thing, who are looking for something to really raise their spirits and to make them feel vibrant, then definitely check this out. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So favorite tracks and ratings then for the Go Team's new album. Jake, why don't you <laughs> go first? My three favorite tracks, I'll say Train Song, Dive Bomb, and But We Keep On Trying. Uh, least favorite probably the me frequency that's maybe the song on here i think maybe would be again it's not even like bad or average i just maybe think the album would be tighter and better without it um but that said it, it still doesn't detract too much from the overall experience so i can't really be mad at it um and i'll give the album a seven out of ten it's it's very fun and i encourage you if you've never heard of this band if you were like me and we're just like what the fuck is a thunder lightning strike before this week if you've listened to us talk about it if it at all sounds interesting please try it out because mm-hmm. it is it is a wonderful way to spend 40 minutes absolutely my three, three favorite tracks are dive bomb baby and stay and ask me in a different way it's the biggest grower on the album for me so i want to shout that out i i don't think i ever least favorite i mean even the most sort of slight moment here which is going nowhere has this really pretty tone to its melody i really, I really like that song that i really love and it's kind of endeared me to it more and more I can't, I can't have a least favorite. Uh, for me, this is a very strong 7.5. It's very close to an 8. It is absolutely in the higher echelon of Go Team Records. I'd probably rank it behind Semicircle, Thunder Lightning Strike, and Rolling Blackouts, but pretty. it's basically as good as those ones as well. Um, but yeah, really, really strong album. That gives us an average overall of 7.2 for the Go Team's Get Up Sequences Part 2. 
All right, let's move on to our second album that we're discussing today. Slightly more high-profile release from a band who, unlike the Go Team, have not been around in a while. It's been, I think, yeah, I think it's been was Coco Sugar twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. It's been something like that. It's been a while since the last Young Fathers album, and you know we talk about how the Go Team's music is this beautiful fusion of. Uh, cultures from basically across all the continents basically almost maybe, oh. not, maybe not antarctica but there might be a penguin on there if you listen really closely <laughs> um but but yeah so young fathers are you know we're similarly continuing in this theme it is an eclectic group uh, it's a trio uh, uh consisting of frontman ks bancoli uh and ch- his childhood friends aloysius massacoy and graham hastings who forms Aloysius Massacoy is the coolest fucking name I've ever seen. Yeah, you just have him and then Graham Hastings. Just love that. <laughs> love that. Um, and they formed Young Fathers in 2008. And if you look at what Young Fathers originally were and what they kind of strived to do, it was very much about the kind of communal experience of listening to music together and having, I suppose, like this collective moment through the power of music as as trite as that can sound when i say it and what i mean by that is that their live show was a huge part of their identity as they started out and it wasn't mm. until you know a few years after making music that they released their debut album did and then the even better follow-up white men are black men too which came in 2015 um and then the curious pivot into a more sort of refined minimalist pop with Coco Sugar, which is an album that I mean, friends of mine absolutely adore. Uh, I, it's mm. an album that's gotten so much praise from a lot of people I respect. And it's an album I've never quite gotten fully. I like it. And I think there are some songs on it like Toy and In My View that are fantastic. But the whole thing has kind of always left me feeling like there's just something a little bit missing here for me. I haven't quite seen the the full vision with that album yet, but I will say I've come back to the album twice at different points in time, and I have liked it a little bit more each time. Um, so maybe I will finally someday see the vision with that record. But Young Fathers in general, for me, I have kind of somewhat escaped me in terms of getting the full appeal and the full impact. I think part of it is just that the record as a format is so limited for a lot of the things that they want to do. And you feel this sense of like, these are people who are trying to communicate something very sort of primal and very sort of human essentially to the listener. Mm -hmm. And there's a distance that comes through in their recordings that doesn't quite always let me get there with the music they've put out, especially um, dead as well, which is an album that, you know, it was got a lot of praise, but it came out and I've never really fully gotten that album either. So I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting years for young fathers to click for me. Um, because there's so much about what they do, especially how difficult they are to pigeonhole. I really don't think Young Fathers have a genre. I mean, you could call them sort of abstract, sort of industrial, this album alone, underphonics, no. sort of sort of hip hop sort of stuff. But this, but each record they make feels like it's pulling from different aesthetics and is doing things that feel completely alien with them, which is maybe why I felt a bit of weird detachment is that they're they're doing things that are so alien and often so skeletal that i struggle to put the pieces together and i do not attribute that to the band at all i attribute that solely to myself but the rollout to this album had me very curious because the first single they released was a song geronimo which is maybe still my favorite song on here it's actually really hard to say uh and this song 
really struck me because this song felt like it had this sense of movement and motion and this sort of growing intensity throughout it to the point where in its final minute it was almost this ecstatic flurry of voices and and electronic instrumentation and howls and, and all these sorts of things that were happening and I felt like this primal energy that I felt in previous Young Fathers records, it feels like it's moving here. It feels like it's building to something. It feels like these, the, at least with the song, that they were channeling some of the fire of their passion into music that felt like it was moving to a point where it felt as overwhelming as they clearly felt. You know, as they, it felt as passionate as they clearly felt. So there was a passion that immediately struck me that I hadn't quite felt in their previous music. And that was confirmed by the second single, which I think was I Saw, which was like a very similarly structured sort of song, but even more sort of emphasizing that build and that just loudness and intensity of where they wanted these songs to go. Uh, and in every single they released after that, Tell Somebody was the third one, I think. And that was another mm. expression of this, another kind of song that felt like it was, you know, trying to put into this limited recorded musical framework and intensity of emotion and feeling that they previously hadn't been able to do or maybe hadn't quite tried to do in this format so i was like okay this seems like it's going to be the one for me this feels like they're going to realize something or they're going to hone in on something that's going to really allow me to finally emotionally connect with them and boy was it was i right reader Reader, they did they fucking did this album floors me it floored me the first time i heard it it still floors me i it's still growing on me i i, I listened to it like half an hour before we recorded this and it was like oh god i i liked it even more in a way that it was like you know moments that previously were were good but not quite as intense as those highs i i the just little elements of them clicked into place. I was like, God, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm kind of a little bit of a, of a mess trying to explore it and explain it. We can get into the songs as well, because it is a very tight, short record as all their albums are. They're all very short and very refined, but here that refinement is complemented by this just larger than life intensity buzzing through all of this music. And I find it to be absolutely invigorating. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts overall? Well, I have had like, I've had Young Fathers on my radar for a while. I've been meaning to get to albums like Coco Sugar or White Men or Black Men too, just because those are albums that got a lot of buzz when they came out. And like Riley, a lot of people I know like them a whole lot. And I never knew what their bit was. Like, I basically my sort of like guiding principle with bands like this is that if rate your music gives them a kraut rock tag on any of their albums they may as well not have a genre uh <laughs> and that's more or less true here um because like i look at this album and i again i've never even heard a song by young fathers before and i take a look at this album with this horrifying album cover and i'm just like what the fuck is this even gonna be and then the first thing i'm greeted to is the opening track rice and I get this bizarre, spiritual-infused kind of hip-hop, neo-soul, also kind of rock song. And it's just, it's focused on 
this build, this sublime instrumental progression that just by the time it's over, you're like, God damn. And honestly, at first, at the first time I heard it, I didn't know what to think of it just because it blindsided me so much. I was just kind of like, what the hell was that? And then as the album goes along, this is like you giving the context for this band makes so much sense because to me, this does feel like a band that it quintessentially exists in a live setting. And to me, this is like an album that is so overflowing with passion and energy that it feels like the, you know, the MP3 format can barely even hold all of its power. It's just brimming to the surface with all of this. And I saw is like this fucking like it just builds to this insanely noisy blocky blown out thing and you're just you're just throwing ass when listening to this if you can like my god the drums all across this album i i'm kind of obsessed with how the rhythmic elements of this record are are put into play because they're simultaneously like the driving force of all of these songs but they're also so deeply textural it's like all of these drums are just wrapped in this layer of atmosphere that makes them like it, it doesn't make it impact you as hard as you might expect it to but it makes it feel like warmer it, it, it's something that i like it, it just feels it's it's something that I'm not used to hearing in music like this. In order to feel like I get these timbres, I would need to listen to like normally like an old Orbital record or maybe like an early Autecker album to get the kind of percussive sort of definition that these songs have. And then by the time you get to uh, my favorite song on here, one of the best songs of the year, in my opinion, which is Drum. I like what what the fuck is this song man i this is this is joy this is incandescent joy crystallized into a song and i i can't even possibly attempt to sort of imitate the charisma of the lead vocalist on this but just the the, the fucking the, the beat of the drum goes on beat of the drum the fucking, goes on the part the song, so fun the part like halfway through where the the drums go like double time and you get these like extra um drums that are being hit as well where you're getting that it's like it's so liars it reminds me of liars drums got dead yeah liars, drums not dead man have exactly. like the pure rhythmic thrust in combination with these just banshee screams that feel like pure expressions of emotion that cannot cannot be expressed any other way like here it's what so i love good. what i love is that the the use of vocals on this record i mean the use of the voice as an instrument is taken to the same extreme place as every other instrumental part on this album like when the the, the guitars and when the drums and when the synthetic elements all build and become louder and become so intense so do the vocals the vocals follow it through that and, and one of my favorite moments on the album is as the very end of shoot me down as well, where mm. everything gets so intense and you just have this screaming over and over again when uh, the part where he's like, they keep on missing me and everything is just so intense. And it's like, it's not compressed either, which is a, almost miraculous how yeah. kind of natural and fulsome it still sounds. The way that song kind of starts off as this like weird sort of <laughs> like based around that kind of bizarre sample at the start of it. And then the, mm -hmm. the bass drums kick in and then by the end of it you've got this completely swirling intense expression of like obviously aspects of of living in 
you know, the country essentially of your colonizers and obviously living in spaces where you aren't necessarily always perceived as welcome and everything that comes with that is a big aspect of the energy of some of these songs, particularly a track mm -hmm. like shoot me down as well. Like at mm. the point where he's just repeat, repeating, Oh, please. Oh baby. Don't shoot me down. Like it feels like this, it feels like ecstatic and fulsome and just like something that's coming and surfacing out of him. But it also feels like a genuine plea for tolerance as well. <laughs> sounds so dumb but it's, it's, it's just a, it, it's it is a what it joyous is. act of protest like this whole yeah. album has that kind of energy where it just feels like there there's something so culturally ubiquitous about this that i'll admit of course is a little bit alien to me but that alien quality i feel like that's part of the mystique that's part of what make this band and this album so singular is that mm. they just channel that into something that sounds like like nothing else right now and they make this in this album format which allows like i feel like a lesser band wouldn't really know when to quit you know like they would probably make the album a little too long but at 33 minutes it takes these songs that a lot of them do have that similar kind of energy and that similar structure to them where they kind of build and then they reach an apex and then they plateau for a little bit but the way it's structured and the sonic diversity it really makes everything flow together you're never like inundated with how a particular part of it sounds just because it keeps bouncing back and forth and back and forth it feels eclectic but it never feels like unorganized it feels like they're all drawing from the same kind of palette there's nothing on here that feels like it doesn't fit with everything yeah. else but at the same time it just it feels like it's constantly in a state of just trying to excite the listener it, it's yeah. its goal is to just make you move like the a lot of the the themes that are sort of subtextual on this record are kind of macro social and cultural issues but they're always explored in really intimate ways lyrically like a lot of the lyrics are just about you know one person speaking to another person or an intimate relationship of some kind like sink or swim for instance which is just this incredible kind of just relentless pulsing vibration that continues for three minutes i absolutely adore it and then going into holy moly as well which has some of my favorite lyrics on the whole holy album. moly is so fucking good like god like, like these, these, the lyrics on this, on this song are fantastic. The damage is done, but there's ringing in my head. A desert storm is approaching from the left. I get no sleeps, no mm. eats and no rest covered in violence with love around my neck. Like there, there, the, the allusions there to how kind of alienating it can be to exist in a society where essentially even the left who are claiming to kind of represent mm -hmm. you are kind of speaking for you or creating this kind of distance there. There's uh, uh, you and I are not qualified enough to really speak on, no. and we're not qualified at all really to really speak on the cultural experience that this album is conveying. But the sheer energy here is so utterly intoxicating and completely addictive, and it's this urgency like it's not even just ecstasy there's moments of sheer raw ecstasy and there's moments of sheer oh, yeah. panic but all of what is unifying them is this complete feeling of urgency i mean one of my favorite moments on the album is ululation which i think is the most purely Beautiful. joyful song on this album maybe one of the most purely joyful songs i've ever heard and what i mean by that is not just hyperbole i mean that every single element of the song is in service of the most intense joy like that beautifully bouncy piano loop um the the drums which are just kind of like pushing that piano loop up and up and up and forward and forward and the actual ululations themselves the actual vocals that are happening the just complete noise for the sake so of so 
so good. It's just, it makes me feel like I am on fire in the best way the, possible. The final minute of like, you know what? Actually, fuck it. The final minute of like most of these songs is like best moment in music of the year material. Like each of them have this absolutely exquisite climax that they just ride to its maximum effectiveness and then as soon as they like can end it at, at the moment where it would be the most effective they do and they go immediately right into the next thing and this is just this is only something you get from people that are experienced seasoned musicians and fuck holy moly i can't believe i didn't make this comparison earlier holy moly reminds me of genesis owusu a lot of moments on here actually remind me of genesis owusu so if you were a big fan of that album and you're sleeping on this fucking don't please god don't mm. one comparison that's come up a lot and i almost kind of hesitate to bring it up because it feels a little bit obvious but it's certainly there is like sort of mid-2000s animal collective like sung tongs and feels era i particularly get that and the climaxes of songs like i saw that that part at the end where he's just like He's just like, brush your teeth, wash your face, run away, run away. That and that that actually, you know, I said before how the the climax of Shoot Me Down manages to kind of keep this even level despite everything being so intense. But there are moments that get really compressed and heavy, no pun intended, like the end of I Saw, which is just this, it's so overwhelming. When I listen to this song with headphones, it feels like my head is actually going to collapse inward at the end of the song. And similarly with Tell Somebody, which is like the falsetto on this song, bro, is just nuts. It's it's ethereal to is not even the right it's it's underselling it it is this pure ghostly wail of every emotion at once and the way that the song just becomes this massive mammoth wall of sound at the end of it you know i i I worry I'm going to start repeating myself because these songs do have fairly similar structures they just get there in different ways and mm -hmm. some of them end with having refined down to the one or two core elements, whereas other ones end uh, having increased the number of elements to an extreme amount. Um, I, I feel like I have to talk about the closing track here as well, Be Your Lady, which is, I think, the most unique piece of music on this album in the sense that it breaks most strongly from the structural conventions of the other songs on the album, but also how unusual it is makes it one of the most unique and exciting and genuinely transfixing songs on this entire album. I mean, it's just this, it kind of sounds a bit broken. It sounds a bit kind of collapsed already by the time you enter it at the start. And you have this moment in, in the midsection of the song, as opposed to the end, the midsection is where it gets all intense and flurrying mm -hmm. drums and, and full of, you know, loudness. And then it kind of just collapses into this sort of like really, kind of like half finished thought of a piano loop that just, and, and then of course the lyrics as well, which I mean, the, the song may be transcoded. I don't, <laughs> what? For what? I wonder, I wonder why it appeals to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Like Gender. Our, our, our mutual friend and music critic, Hannah Jocelyn said the day this came out that she thought this was the best song of the year. Um, and I understand where she's coming from because uh, it's, you know, a lot of the intensity. Perfect way to end the album. Yeah, a lot of the intensity is paired back and you just have these very simple expressions. All I have is crazy. All I have is mad. 
I just want a little competition sometimes. <laughs> Stick a needle for my eye just to appease you. What might have been is something lovers say, it's all they're gaining. Just these little refrains, these little fragments of lyrics that feel like like just random thoughts that you let spill out of you when you're laying next to a lover or something. Um, and just kind of being so... And again, I talked about how intimacy and human connection, like one person speaking to another is such a big theme on this album. And it really feels like it, it that's driven home here as well with this moment that just feels like two people, two lovers laying together in the dark and just sort of being so unaware of themselves and just kind of becoming one organism, you know? Um, we're going to talk about in our Now episode, which will be out in a couple of days time, we'll talk about love songs. And this feels mm-hmm. like a kind of fitting little you know thought that reminded me of that conversation you know how love can sometimes and expressions of love and art can sometimes just be about like you and the object that makes you feel these feelings becoming this one organism and Mm -hmm. so and yeah so unity feels like and and coming together feels like a big theme of this album and it's it's beautiful the way that that is actualized and this really intimate ending and it and it's like in the sound too. It's just this is an album that sounds like unity. It's about the harmonies. It's about the group vocals. It's about everything. Like it, it's like every song on here starts from a singular place and then moves to a bigger, more like just full place. That like honestly, you mentioned the Animal Collective comparison, and I made that irrespective of you talking about it. Like last night, I was just talking about how it reminded me of Sung Tongs and Feels, and to the point where on Sink or Swim, there's there like it's not the exact same thing, but the the lead vocalist almost does the exact the get that woo get that thing and it's like i heard that and i was just like holy shit and it's that same like kind of just like just purely liberated freak folk expressionism that i just i i fucking adore the energy of this is just i I don't know there's it's really nice to see albums so singular this on like i feel like you know we've been doing the podcast for more than three years now and at at this point you just sort of feel like sometimes like nothing surprises me anymore but then you get an album like this and it's just like man the possibilities are fucking endless jesus christ Mm. absolutely like and the first time i heard it i was like you know it was like this it was this it felt like this snapshot this 30 minute snapshot of this energy that had started before you got there and would continue Mm -hmm. after you were gone and it still feels that way as well but i also the more time i spent with it i have come to appreciate the actual craft of how well constructed this is as an album you know it's hard when you're a bit as an album you know obviously this album has many bits but when you're one of your principal bits is you know, rising to this intensity and lingering in that moment, you you very much risk that becoming stale when you do it over mm-hmm. and over and over again because it's a fairly predictable progression. But there's always, I never feel as though I've reached the heights, the highest height that this album wants to take me in, within any particular song. I mean, some songs like Tell Somebody and I Saw and Shoot Me Down and... um ovulation take me to those heights by the time that i'm there but it always feels like just another another and a different exploration of that constant 
movement forward and upward right and that's the thing about mm-hmm. this album i think that's why these songs are structured the way they are if i can do my little meta and that analytical thing that i like to do is that the whole album is kind of like about going upward about moving upward whether that is the idea of like a sisyphean task of like rolling the boulder up the hill you know the, the constant progress towards trying to achieve you know whatever your end goal is unity acceptance equity all those sorts of things or just the thrill that comes with the rising you know the moving upward the climbing the mountain the ascending above everything below you you know being able to be above it all and not be affected by everything that was down on the ground holding you there and that's what I think the album is all about. It's about that constant ascent and the joy and the freedom that comes through feeling that height as you get there, as you go higher and higher and higher, and how that feeling never gets old. I, I think it's about simultaneously how it's both of those things. It's both about the the adulation, the excitement, the energy, and the anxiety, and all of that, like, it's all channeled and all felt, and none of it's diluted, and I think that's the most impressive thing, is that this is so artfully made that you, when you make something like this, you run the risk of just having it slapdash, like, its construction just being so all over the place, and just being this raw thing, and in order to make it feel like a concise statement, you have to ride this impossibly difficult line. And somehow I really do think they've done it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely agree. It is. Uh, it's a remarkable album. It's, it's too, I'm not even sure if it's my album of the year. I basically think that I like this basically as much as the paranormal album. They both give me similar feelings in very, very different ways of these intense heights that they can take me to where I feel like I'm above everything that I was experiencing before I hit play. And that's, that's awesome. Okay. Well, let's do our favorite tracks and ratings then for young fathers, heavy, heavy. Um, I'll kick us off. My three favorite songs on this album are Geronimo, Ululation and shoot me down. Uh, my least favorite I don't have one. I mean, no, I I don't have one. It's just, it's, it's that consistent height for me. And I didn't think I was going to do this, but my last listen cemented it for me. This is getting a nine out of 10 from me. Uh, Incredible album. Uh, You know, here's the thing is that I, I, I think I'm largely in the same place with it. Honestly, I, I just need more time with it. That's and and thankfully it's designed in such a way that it feels like the perfect album to live with just because it's like, oh, I need 30 minutes of joy. Perfect. I'll just put this on. So my three favorite tracks are uh, drum, maybe my song of the year. Probably. I don't know. Uh, Drum, holy moly, and probably tell somebody least favorite. At the moment, I'd say the only thing that doesn't really, that I don't love as much of the rest of the record is Tell Somebody. I do think that's a very good song, but, you know, ask me in like a month. I don't know. I'll give this a tentative 8.5. It's it's nipping on the heels of a 9, but goddamn, numbers don't matter. This album's too fun. Who gives a shit? It's great. 
Beautiful. Which gives us overall an average of 8.7. For young fathers, heavy, heavy. Let us know at home what you think of either of the albums we have discussed today. The Go Teams, Get Up Sequences Part 2, and Young Fathers, Heavy Heavy. Did they bring you as much joy and intense emotion as they did for us? Do you have different feelings? Uh, Are you dead inside? Or do you agree completely with our thoughts on this album as well? If you have additional perspectives as well, if you're someone who's a little bit different from us and maybe has something to bring to the conversation that we can't, we definitely want to hear from you in the comments below. We love hearing those different perspectives. So yeah, hit us up and let us know your thoughts on these albums. We'll be back in two days time with an episode where we talk about the latest music news and we talk about our favorite love songs for Valentine's Day as well. So stick around for that and much more in the Jam to Tea pipeline. If you want to go above and beyond and support us directly, you can hit the join button for just $1 a month, become a member of the Jams and Tea family, get your name credited in the title crawl of every video on this channel. Plus, if you want to recommend us some music to listen to, your recommendation will go to the top of the pile. As always though, folks, until next time, rock over London, rock on Chicago, Skittles, taste the rainbow. <laughs>